0: Umbrella Cast, it's 2023 and I'm Callum Jaspin, host of this podcast and today we're just easing you back into our audio content for the year before tomorrow's proper return. Our first guest for the year has been gracing radio waves and TV screens for the past few decades. He's the co-host of Sydney's Triple M Breakfast as well as Sports Bazaar, his first venture into podcasting. Here is Mick Malloy. Mick Mullaw, you probably need no introduction to the Umbrella Cast listeners. However, you are once again back on Triple M's Radio Waves, exclusively on Sydney Breakfast. So um, welcome to the podcast.
1: They can't get rid of me. They've tried now <laughs> uh, over a 30-year period, but I just keep finding a way to keep get back crawling back. back. <laughs> well, I suppose it is that way. I think the first show I ever did was The Degeneration, which would have been... Uh, which, of course, was the team who went on to do the Late Show, and that would have been Melbourne Breakfast in 1987 or 88, around then, when Ian Grace was running the network. Some of the older listeners would understand yeah. who Ian Grace was. One of the last great ma- radio mavericks, I would have thought. Way before
0: podcasting, the world of listener, DAB, any of that stuff, it was just straight A- through A- you.
1: Yeah. Did not not exist. I was thinking about podcasting the other day, and there used to be. Do you you remember what were the? Everyone used to listen to those tapes, the Dad and Dave tapes, but by uh, Dudley Moore, who was the guy. They just used to. They were like bootlegged audio cassettes, and they used to do the rounds. And to me, that was like the first ever podcast I ever listened to, because comedians, especially, used to hand them around and these are like 90 minute cassette tape recordings of these conversations and who knew one day that that would uh, blow out into a fully fledged business well,
0: i think that was a bit before my time um, i've kind of baby. come into it at the at the age of or the peak of podcasting so okay. now you get you get your your breakfast radio and then you're cut and pasted onto uh, several different feeds afterwards and different several different social
1: media sites so well, <laughs> uh, this is good to be on, on a podcast. I've started podcasting myself, actually. I, I do one with uh, Titus O'Reilly. Yeah, uh, right. Which is set in sport. Well, because I've been in radio for so long, and as, as long as I can remember, they've been tipping the demise of radio at the hands of podcasting. And I never, ever took it seriously. But I think for the first time uh, in my broadcasting career, I can see the migration of, but not to say the radio is dead, of course. I think there will always be a place for radio, especially live radio, that goes into regional markets and and territories. But I can see how people of lifestyles are changing to the point where they now want it when they want it and yeah. that, that be the end of it.
0: I mean, is your, is your approach different, for example, when you're doing your podcast and when you're doing your, your live radio show each day?
1: So the essential difference for me, and which is the reason why I also liked doing radio, is because it's live and you can talk to people. So we did a show called Mark Malloy, which was on about eighty-seven stations around Australia, and I re- honestly felt plugged in to the nation and to be able to take calls from. Uh, Perth and Queensland and Melbourne and Sydney and you know, somewhere in the Northern Territory. It's a feeling that only radio can provide. Um, you know, you can have a conversation in a studio uh, on podcast, and that might be where it all ends up. But TV and radio, radio live, and also TV. I'm finding at the moment because we do a, a football show. Yeah, we do one of the only live shows. Like you know, it used it used to be entertainment, light entertainment uh, or variety, as they used to call it back in the day. But we are one of the few shows that actually goes to air live. And I think TV yeah. now is being reduced to sport, event TV and the odd live ones. So to me, that's what radio has that podcast can never take from it. And <laughs> I think we need to get smarter about um, you know how how we use that and how we engage, how we, how we have a conversation with the nation at the same time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and now you are, I guess, um, you've gone a little bit more granular, returned to just a single market. Um, I guess the <laughs> interesting part has been, you know, you a very Melbourne man going into the enemy territory in Sydney. Um, how did that come about, and you know, how how are you approaching that?
1: Yeah, so it's it's an interesting approach. Um, the, first, the first question is interesting, going from national to a single market, and because single market is so much more fun, so you can talk about stuff that just happens in that market, and it's so when you do a national show, there are so many good stories you can't do because no one in Melbourne necessarily wants yeah. to listen to Ryan Gosling shutting down the Sydney Harbour Bridge, but. Spending half an hour talking about Ryan Gosling shutting down the Sydney Harbour Bridge and hoping it's not a sequel to The Notebook is fun that you can never have on a level that you can never do on a national show. So a national show is always slightly more sanitised. It has to have a national currency. So a lot of the real interesting stuff slips through the cracks. Melbourne, I know, like the back of my hand. Sydney, not so much. but. That's can be the conceit as well. There, there's, yeah. a, there's a guy. There's a guy in Melbourne called Christian O'Connell who came from England from UK, and, yeah. and, and knew about Melbourne, and he's number one in breakfast. And it wasn't an impediment. And I think there's there's something about fresh eyes and uh, and asking the dopey questions and seeing something from the outside, which can still contribute something.
0: I mean, and Melbourneians found that quite endearing. I think with um, with Christian as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and and uh, the education has has been complete for him. Um, I, you know, the the other attraction too is I've I've got a pretty long radio resume, but I've never really done Sydney Breakfast, which is when you look at it, it's the biggest market and the biggest city in Australia, and there's some very good shows uh, in on deck. So it's a great challenge and it's one at the end of the day when we're, you know, rocking on the porch. You go, well, I had a crack at Sydney breakfast. I did four months once with Andrew Dent, three months maybe with Andrew Denton filling in for Amanda Keller. So I've done it. I know a little bit about what goes on on the ground, but there's it's exciting. You know what I mean? When you've done radio all your life, to have a new challenge inside radio is is, great to still have uh, something to do, something to so achieve. It's
0: sort of like the the last notch on the Mick Malloy radio resume is going conquer Sydney radio. <laughs> I'll
1: go quietly after this. I will go. I give you my promise that uh, it'll be way to check please. My work here is done. But it'll be a nice one to to uh, have a crack at. So I guess uh, just,
0: just briefly on that, I, I, I think, you know, you, ha- you have... Um, as you say the challenge of a new market but as an afl man you've still got the front bar obviously to satisfy your needs amongst other things <laughs> how are you going to go in a in a pretty exclusively nrl market how are you, and you're obviously hosting alongside um a rugby legend how, how, mm-hmm. how's that going to go for you when um the winter code season comes did, around did, did mg movie?
1: play league did he oh no dear.
0: Um, I, I'm a Melbourne yeah. guy, so League and Union for me is, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so this is the biggest nut to crack because, and, and this is why national sports shows have never worked ever because they're are, there are two camps and they're wildly different and they don't particularly care for each other. But that said, I just acknowledge that my my knowledge of this particular sport is limited. So, again... There's so many people at this station who can do that on my on my behalf uh, without me getting involved. So um, I think uh, it's just the the one. Hopefully, people will understand and tolerate my naivete and see it as cute uh, as a Make as a front. <laughs> as opposed to annoying. So you know, I'll let I'll, I might just go onto the hat that in the hat that I'm a Melbourne storm supporter. So yeah, they should get their attention straight correct. off the bat.
0: Um and and I understand you're you're going to be based up there, is that correct?
1: So so largely, yes. So because I still do the, the, the football show in Melbourne over the season i have to travel down to do the show from Melbourne. So I'll either do the day of or the day after from Melbourne. But yeah, I'd look I I think you owe it to the market. It's like politicians who don't live in their electorate. I think you can eventually, it's not a great look, or it, it, you question the commitment uh, to the job. So the plan is that I spend the lion's share of the time here. I'll obviously have to travel back to Melbourne, and there'll be some shows done on remote. But this, this is the other thing that COVID taught us. I, I remember pre-COVID, the idea that you went, oh, look, I want to go and do a week of shows from uh, Noosa because we're covering the Sydney to surf or whatever. And people lose their minds and going, oh, my God, no, you've got to be here and you've got to be in the studio. In COVID, we did two years of shows, especially in Melbourne, when everyone was locked down and no one could actually, we we're not allowed to go inside uh, the triple M premises. There will be three people doing the show from three different homes, a producer producing from another different home, and we've got so good at it, the technology and the stations are now geared up for it. I don't think it's as big a issue as it used to be, yeah. and I think if everyone's being honest, there's a level of that going on. You know, there's a level of pre- in a three-hour live show, some segments are always pre-recorded. We we we've. We've just done half an hour with Jim Jeffries, which was pre-recorded for legal reasons. But it doesn't offend you that that appears in a largely live show. So some there'll be some elements of pre-record, as there is on every show, but the intention is that the lion's share the show and my base is Sydney. Yeah.
0: And, and you, you mentioned Christian O'Connell before. I mean, he's doing fantastically well in a very competitive Melbourne yep. market, the Sydney market is you know, just as competitive, although you've, you've equally got, I guess, on the commercial sides, the the Kyle and Jackie O factor. Um, Chief Content Officer of SCA, Dave Cameron, um, said you're going to shake up the Sydney Airways <laughs> with you returning <laughs> your heritage this year. Um, yeah. The, the, the Breakfast Show ended on a 4.4% share at the end of last year. Um, yeah. What's your sort of strategy to get, get uh, that share up and get listeners... I was going to say through the doors, but um, on the airwaves, tuned into Triple M this year?
1: Yeah, so uh, f- firstly, th- there's a lot of big shows in Sydney Breakfast that have been around a long time or enjoying their eighth, ninth year or longer, and behemoth like Kyle and Jackie. And so there's you no... Know, you you have to go in looking at the ground just in front of you and all, all I know is I, love, I know Triple M, I've worked here all my life and I think we can find an audience that's larger than the one we have now and that's all I have on my mind. I, there's no, Dave Cameron wants to come in and say we're going to kick everyone in the balls or we're going to shake, shake, you know, set that town on fire. Well, that's probably his job. i I uh, want to make good radio that's better than what we're making now, and work out who else we can attract to to Triple M. So my ambitions are fairly humble, uh, but real. Like I honestly think we can we we can find a really strong base here in Sydney by doing what Triple M does best. And I hate to do it, but rock, sport and comedy. Every time we lose sight of that, I think we we, we lose ourselves. So within that framework, I think we can build an audience that's uh, out there and attract uh, people who might not have been there uh, originally. So I am I'm quietly confident, but you know moving the needle in breakfast is not something that just happens overnight, and i don't I can't think of anyone who's ever done it. Um, it takes a team, especially a new team a year or two or three, honestly, to find itself and find yeah. its audience so uh, I have a, a lot of very little goals, um but all that big picture stuff and what everyone else is doing, I won't even be thinking about that. Uh, until I have to. Uh, at the moment, it'll just be uh, getting this bunch together and all pulling in the right direction, um, and that, that's all we can do.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that sounds like the, the the correct way to approach it. I'll I'll be honest. The one thing that was kind of playing in my mind that whole time was if I was to see the headline next week, Mick Malloy kicks Carl Sanderlands in the nuts. I'm sure that would probably see some sort of incremental rise on your uh, your share yeah. straight away.
1: That that would probably be related to us actually meeting in a park, Michael Clark style, as a, as opposed to a reference to us beating him in the ratings. Um, they're there for a good reason because they're they're great, and and you know, you know that they, they also did something very powerful a long time ago, which was show how important good talent and a good show is to a network. And I think there's a lot of lot of uh, performers in, in radio who should be grateful to the, the, the what they did. But that said, I will crush him like an ant if I ever get the chance. So, um look I, I don't think our audiences cross over to be honest. I think we're we got a pretty specific audience who we know pretty well and, yeah. and that's that's good enough for us.
0: So I I guess twelve months down the line I know you said there um that you know it's not going to happen straight away and it needs to take time. What what for you do you see as a as a, as
1: a good year twelve months from now? And what are you talking about ratings or uh, figures? i I think I think a show a show that we're proud of and a show that that I go. Uh, I want people. I can confidently say this is a good show and I want people to listen and I want to promote it. Um, I don't know the, the how this how quickly the city market moves. I don't know who it will be in a year. I don't know if there'll be another if it'll be COVID again or the, what what'll happen. But I just I think I'd like to obviously be in a stronger position than we are now. But where that is, I, I do not know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'd like to see the graph go that way. Well, well don't worry, there'll be no shortage of data thrown my way. If I know PD and content directors, oh, uh, for sure. there'll, be, there'll be a big war room here at Triple M somewhere I haven't seen yet, which will have uh, what the, all their expectations and all their KPIs and all their stuff on it and a and, uh, list of my toilet humor. So we'll get there eventually, though. Uh, I don't know. What do you think it should be? What would you say it would be a successful place to finish the year?
0: Well, I think in, in this industry, uh, there's a lot of talk about share. I think and I know SCA takes a little bit of a different look at it because um for, for Dave and he's spoken quite a lot about it, that the uh the listener strategy is obviously becoming a lot more uh central as well. So um yeah, I guess I guess getting a big rise up in the uh the podcast ranker as well as probably I I'd say the the show probably needs to lift its um share a little bit. So if by the end of the year you're above that mark that you finished at in Survey 8 last year, I'd say it's probably a
1: successful year. Well, it's you're aiming very high, but I'll 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 accept it. You can sack me. If it's not, we'll get you on. I'll get I'll get them to get you at the end of the year. I'll show them this video.
0: And just a, just a final one, um one yep. for the specific Mumbrella audience. Um Yes. And, you know you've had, as you said, um, such a such a long time on or a long history on Triple M. and obviously you've you've built some pretty strong connections with brands across that time. You've also now got a new beer sponsoring the front bar. Um, are there any, um, that's Furfy, I'll, I'll say. Um, Furfy, that's brands, right, yes. Any brands Bloody that you've beer particularly is. been looking forward to working with once again or ones that you've built strong connections with that you're kind of looking to maybe bring in in that front um, this year
1: through the show? Um, no, I, what we do, I, I think there's a, a list of the type of uh, products that like working with us. Uh, both on TV and on radio, and it's largely because of the sporting environment. And they are uh, sports betting companies, breweries, uh, bunnings, anything. that twenty, you know, you know the drum. Eighteen to fifty-four males is uh, right now wheelhouse. So I would like to get my own beer, Brick Lane, on board at some stage. That would be it. I now own a brewery and yep. a pub. So if I could. It's like vertical integration. If I can do a live show from my pub that's sponsored, that was sponsored by my beer, well, I'll just retire. That's actually blowing my head up. That's, the, that's yeah. the end goal. You've just come up just with it. There about you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I'm, going to, I'm going to go and pitch that idea right now. Thank you very much. Well, I'll let
0: you go and do that. Mick Malloy, it's been fantastic having you on here. Go on, um, you, good luck for the year.
1: Uh, hopefully we can check in at the end of the year and we, we, we can actually replay our conversation and see where we are. It'd be fun. Cheers.
0: That is it for today's podcast. Thanks again to Mick for joining me. We'll be back this week with the new CEO of the AAANA, Josh Folks, as well as a news chat for you. So uh, look out for that in your feeds. and See you.